raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I was defending Steve Clifford. <laughs> Steve Clifford, I think he did a great job. You sound just like that guy. It's Wes. He's going to uh. ask you to come and do press conferences for him just behind a black curtain so he doesn't have to do it. And Walker. I like Clifford, the, the big red dog. It was my favorite childhood <laughs> book. Getting in shenanigans. Uh, I like dogs in general. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. That is a good book. Every time I hear this song, I'm going to think about us talking about changing the 2 o'clock song here in 2024. We got a lot of approval from listenership. We got approval from Colin, who usually when he walks by and hears this song, he stares at Fitty for about a minute and a half and then (laughs) continues to move on. But it's back once more. We'll see if we end up trying to push that rule forward, though. You brought up something during the break, and I found the audio. We I don't think we have enough time to play it, Mm -hmm. but I found DJ Moore talking about his off-season regimen, Wes. And he says he doesn't work out in the off-season. And Amon Ross St. Brown, I think this is on the 33rd podcast or 33rd team FB on Twitter. And DJ Moore is talking to Amon Ross St. Brown saying, I drink a lot of Mountain Dew. I smoke cigars. I go to Disney World. I stay at Disney World. And then when Justin Fields calls me, when it's time for OTAs, I show up and go to work. But I don't do anything during the offseason except drink soda, smoke cigars, and stay at Disney World. Man, that is very interesting when I read that because I remember before talking about running backs and how a lot of them go on these nice runs for two to three years and then end up falling off. And some of the coaches that I've talked to have said a lot of it is just the constant working out, constantly putting that pressure on the joints and all that soft tissue. And then you get out there and play these games and then you see these guys start to get hurt and their bodies deteriorate. So that's one way to do it. And I mean, I'm sure he's not the only NFL player that has that type of mentality. And I'm sure he's not the only one in history. I mean, who remembers, you know, Michael Vick, especially in those Atlanta years, how he would just a guy that would show up, you know, remember Allen Iverson, he was a guy that just showed up, you know, he'd practice every now and again. And we know the famous practice speech, but you know, they said he'd be in there eating hot dogs and doing stuff like that. There are some guys that just, that's how they operate. Isn't it crazy where it it's always the freak shows? I, I shouldn't say that. It's not always the freak show. That's actually not true, but you have seen your fair share of freak shows abide by this. Because DK Metcalf comes to mind. I'm not saying he doesn't work out, mm-hmm. but his diet is pretty terrible. Yeah, Tyreek Hill's diet is really bad. We know about Chad Ochocinco. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chad Ochocinco is so out there that he tells you, you should be eating McDonald's and all of this processed fast now, food. he preaches that <laughs> you got to work so hard, though, so it won't matter what you eat. You yeah. just got to work really, really hard. No, that's a, that's a good distinction. You're right. Yeah. Because he does say it doesn't matter what you eat. Diet doesn't matter. Yeah. You can eat. And he says he's had the same order at McDonald's yeah. since he was like 14 or whatever. And that he ate and never got injured. And Shannon Sharp is preaching to him in their combos. But you're different. That's not like everybody else. And Chad Ochocinco, just like so many of these other athletes, cannot process that they are not like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so Chad is telling everybody else, nah, man, y'all can eat McDonald's too and be like me. 
That's like when I was in college, I would go to some of the basketball guys' room. Like when I was at Florida uh, with David Lee and James White, and I go up there, and those guys are eating pizzas and stuff like that. Or before they got practice, they eating junk food. Or like some of the skill guys on my teams, you know, before practice, they eating wings or pizza or something like that. And I'm like, man, if I eat that stuff, I'd be slow Joe out there trying to practice. But well, and they, DJ Moore, they can do it. And DJ Moore, one of the more physically gifted wide receivers, not right. not tall, but. Pure running back as soon as he catches the football. Really strong. Like one of the better stiff arms at the wide receiver position that we have in the NFL. If you give him competent quarterback play, we'll give you a thousand yards and more. And yet he's telling you, I only work out when it's time to show up for the season. That has to catch up with you, though. Right? Like you can do that at 25, but at 30, that can't preach longevity if you don't change. Yeah. Because Michael Vick, he changed. Yeah. Michael Vick may have been on some other bleed before, but then when you get to Philadelphia, you're a little bit older. Of course, that's post-prison. And, and a lot a of his stuff was just online. studying the position, yeah. doing the stuff that a normal quarterback could do. But just like you have some guys who they get hurt all of the time and they can work out. Like, I'm sure that J.C. Horn is a guy that works out tirelessly and works himself just as hard as any other NFL player. But... He gets hurt all of the time, no matter what he does, whether it's his fault, some freak injury, or whether it's, you know, something that we see uh, all of the time with, you know, a tornness or broken that. But, I mean, when you look at DJ Moore's career, I mean, he's been pretty steady. He only played, I mean, he's, he's 16, 15, 15, 17, 17, yeah. 17. Yeah. So, I mean, he shows up for work. He's played 97 games in his six-year career. That, that's the, If he doesn't change, though, that's the type of guy that I worry about Oh, it's going to hit him hard. Well, yeah, I mean, he's six, <laughs> he's six years in, coming off a 1,300-yard season. Oh, he was great this year. I mean, no, I know I'm saying, yeah. but as far as he's six years, so you think four years from now, I mean, if he keeps this up, I mean, by the time he gets to 30, I mean, he'll be in his 10-year career, so... Because people are writing, and people are writing on the text line. Like when you go back into the day, we can do the whole Babe Ruth thing, right? Was hitting 700 home runs and smoking cigars mm-hmm. and you know eating hot dogs the entire way. We can go back to the famous photo of what was it? It was uh, Len Dawson for Kansas City smoking the cigarette at halftime or whatever during the Super Bowl. And so yeah, there's smoke, smoke Ludwig doing that same thing as he crosses the class. So like when we see some of that stuff, you just can you continue to do that in 2023 with everybody having so much, so many resources to help their body? I you just got to be a freak, and then we'll see how long you can keep it up. They said he's like Booby Miles, man. I just show up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. All right, that's a. It feels like the Mountain Dew. I remember last thing about Mountain Dew. I always think about Karan Butler. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody go look I this remember up. That Karan Butler talked about Mountain Dew like an addict talked about doing crack. Like he had to wake up in the middle of the night and drink some Mountain Dew going back to sleep, and he would drink <laughs> pl- like a lot a day, like an alarming amount a day, and then he kicked it. And I don't know if he ever got back on it or whatever, but Karan Butler talking about Mountain Dew is exactly what it would sound like some an addict talking about their drug of choice. I could see that. I mean, you know, all that sugar, man, it leaves you thirsty. So I could see him getting up in the middle of the night wanting to drink some because he's probably thirsty as hell. I think of Karan Butler and I think of one other guy when I think about Mountain Dew. You know who that other guy is? Uh, I think about Skip Bayless, but he's diet Mountain Dew and Josh Finney Marlowe. That's the guy. I think. Boom. Yep. Mr. Mountain Dew. Time to do the do on the live. There is a lot. How many Mountain Dews do you drink a day? 
Um, one, maybe two. I think I just and got you had pizza for breakfast, and uh, you did have pizza for breakfast I today. Did. Yeah. Pizza for breakfast hits different sometimes. It's, it's the best breakfast sometimes in the world. <laughs> it can yeah. be. Uh, breakfast pizza actually is no. really good. Yeah, so good. Oh, really? You're Awful. crazy. It tastes good. I love it. I don't. I don't want egg sausage. Well, I mean, I like sausage and bacon on my pizza, but I'm not eating no egg on my pizza. Well, I mean, you're not going with tomato sauce and. Why is it that anything he doesn't eat is disgusting, <laughs> the worst, deplorable? That's our lovable Fitty, man. You know, like you like know, I said, Fitty, there's no middle ground with him, man. <laughs> it's, it's one or the other. Uh, speaking of Mountain Dew, there is a live wire edition of Mountain Dew that exists, correct? There is, yes. Never had it. I'm not. What a segue. Let's do it. Live wire Mountain Dew edition. Go ahead, Fitty. <laughs> Hit it. All right. Well, we've spent all offseason talking about the negatives around David Tepper and how hard it's going to make him find a new head coach and a new GM. But we had Sam Monson on yesterday from Pro uh, from, from PFF, and he did admit. Like many people say, the money will make this job attractive to somebody. David Tepper is proving himself to be something of a volatile owner or, you know, maybe of the kind of worrisome end of the spectrum in terms of how much influence or how much distraction he's going to cause. But he's rich and he's willing to spend that money. And, you know, I think there is an element to which that will be attractive to a prospective head coach compared with some other owners who, you know, you might have to battle to get um, a signing over the line or, you know, to get them to invest money to just try and make the team win. Walker, I know you've, you've gone on record and said that if you're paying your head coach $15 million, you don't care. Nope. But if that's the determining factor and that's the deciding factor for someone to take the job, are you comfortable with saying that he's only here before the money and not because he looks at the challenge, the opportunity, and the chance to win? He's just here because, well, even if I get fired, I'm going to make a bleep ton of money. Yeah, I want the best coach. And it's okay for people to make the money decision instead of, oh, this is a great situation. Look, like I, I would like the head coach to look at this roster and think, you know what? I can figure it out. I can figure out what to do here. But also... Here we are talking about trying to get the best candidate possible to accept this job. And if that means opening up the checkbook, then that means paying him $15 million or whatever the coach is going to be asking for. Uh, yeah, if because if we're going to go on record and say that this team, this franchise, this vacancy is towards the bottom of all of the job opportunities and every other coach would pick a different franchise if they had their choice, then, yeah, it's probably going to take a little more money to go get that guy. It doesn't mean Ben Johnson is going to come here to Carolina and do the worst job possible just because he didn't like it over the Chargers vacancy or if he, you know, if he chooses Carolina over Washington, doesn't mean that he's going to sabotage the franchise because he thought Washington was a better job. He's going to make more money and he's going to do his best, and I think that's okay. Yeah, I think head coaches are wired a certain way, man. Like, when I go... 
to media days or when I used to go to Amelia Island and I see coaches and and I'm not going to name names specifically, but a lot of guys, Ooh, now you know what? They, they, they're rich. I, I don't care about this. So like Dabo Sweeney, for instance, Dabo <laughs> has worn the same three suits since I've seen him every time. It's the brown one and I forgot the other two colors. You see a lot of these coaches, man, they're no frills. Football coaches, especially head coaches, are wired a certain way. I say all that to say, yeah, they enjoy the money, but a lot of that stuff is for everybody else. And I know they they may have a nice car and a big house and stuff like that. But a lot of these coaches, at their core, they're head coaches for a reason. They want to control things, they want to win, and they are uber competitive. So I think that, yeah, obviously the money is an added bonus for whomever takes this job. But it's also going to be a coach that's going to look at it, like Walker said, competitively and say, you know what? Nobody wants this job because coaches work that type of psychology on their teams all the time. Oh, nobody believes in us. Everybody thinks it is. Everybody thinks they're that. So a coach is going to look at that job and say, you know what? Nobody thinks they can turn this around. Nobody wants to take this. I'm going to be the guy to be able to take it because they have egos, too. And oh, yeah, the money I'm going to get paid is going to be a bonus. But I'm going to go here and be the man and take over this job that people feel is a dumpster fire and become one of the best coaches in the league because I turned around this situation. One of those coaches could be Ben Johnson, who was the hottest coordinator once again this coaching cycle. And he was asked if he will take – he was asked how many interviews he will take this kind of coaching cycle. Um, we've got five interview requests. Just what it means to you, I guess, to to be acknowledged in that way, and then really, are you planning on taking all five when that window availability opens up for you? It's uh, it, it's awesome. Um, quite an honor, but uh, honestly, I haven't thought about it beyond anything that's going on this week. So, just leave it at that for right now. Wes, you think when it's all said and done, Ben Johnson will interview for the Panthers head coaching job? Um, I mean, if we're reading the tea leaves on this whole Washington deal and Ben Johnson looks to be the likely candidate there, I'll go no. I think he does. What if he doesn't? How bad of a look would that be for David Tepper? If he's the number one target, he doesn't even take the interview. I think it depends on how the situation plays out because if In it Washington, does play yeah. out that he goes to Washington or somewhere else where he's their top target and he feels like it's a better situation because if he picks another team over the Panthers, a lot of people aren't going to be able to blame him just because of he's going to feel like he's got a better situation if he picks Chargers or Atlanta or something like that. Yeah, I, I think Ben Johnson, like I don't know if he views it this way, but if I was in his position, I might view this as free agency for me. Mm. If I'm the number one option... Yeah, I know there are a lot of great options out there, including the guy that's won more Super Bowls than anybody to ever do it. I understand that I do have some competition. But if I'm Ben Johnson, I don't think Washington is going anywhere just because I take an interview with Carolina. Now, it's still a risk, but I don't think they're going anywhere. And if I just want to see what the Panthers are talking about, and I just want to see what kind of money David Tepper might be offering me, then I'll take the interview because what does it hurt? The biggest risk here is that you might lose the offer from Washington, but then, what, maybe the Chargers come after you? Yeah. Maybe a different team decides that they want you, and so you're going to have your options here. And that's why I think Ben Johnson being offered, what, I think there's five interview requests for him right now. You know, these guys want to be I, they want to be wanted. And so if Ben Johnson takes it with Carolina because he passed up on it last year and then still decides to go to Washington, I think that's certainly possible. Breaking news. What you got, Fitty? I didn't mean to interrupt you, Walk, but you according to. to ESPN's 
Mark Schleybaugh and Chris Lowe. Kalen DeBoer to be the next head coach at Alabama. There we go. The domino drops. Everything was looking like it when that radio appearance was canceled. And then I think I saw something. I don't know how true it was, but saying that he was at an airport in Washington in a crimson-colored Nike suit. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, man, I felt like that uh, the tea leaves were reading that that was going to be the move. All right, we can still talk about that. We also have Ashley Shamity joining us to talk about the Charlotte Hornets season. LaMelo Ball coming back tonight against the Spurs. So Ashley hops on on the other side of the break. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ on a Friday. Hornets back in the building tonight. Got some basketball to be played, and they will have a little bit of help from superstar LaMelo Ball, saying that he's going to be back tonight. And so to help us talk about that and a whole lot more, I don't know where, you know, I would rank you guys, uh, Walker, you know, as far as favorite hosts that I've shared uh, time with, man. I don't know, you know. I didn't even do the ranking yet. No, I mean, I know where it's going. You don't know. Yeah, yeah, I I know. I mean, I I know where it's going. Why why would you bring it up? I know exactly where it's going. Ashley Shamini on the set of Hornets Live. Uh, She's definitely more lovely. I will say that than you are. Yeah, that hurts. But you're a very handsome man, though, so let me not take that away from you. I would have put myself as the most lovely, but that's fine. (laughs) But joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline is Ashley Shamity. You can follow her on X at A Shamity. Ashley, how's it going? Got Wimby in the house tonight, huh? Hello. We sure do. First off, wow, I'm very honored, Wes. That's such a nice compliment, Walker, though. I think he, I mean... You're obviously a great host, too. So, yeah, yeah, um, he is. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. <laughs> we for... don't fist bump before we start, though, like we used to. That's uh, the thing. Ashley. You got to fist bump. Yeah. That's just, it happens every time before the show. Hold but, on. no, I'm so happy to um, be on and talking all things Hornets hoops, and it's exciting tonight. All right, I, hold, yeah. on, hold on one second. Uh, fist bump before every show. Yeah, all right, yeah. I wrote it down. Yeah. Right, now then I'm going to come gotta take that a, top spot. Yeah, and then we got, and see, <laughs> definitely uh, Ashley was more... Uh, social media, you know, with me, we definitely did a lot of Any that. Other faults, so Any other faults, Wes? No, faults? I'm just, you we know, good? I'm just pointing right. out some of the... Because <laughs> Walker always, you know, he's not always very uh, Wes, receptive. Wes, you're digging yourself in a deeper hole. You're digging Listen, yourself Listen, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, to see, sometimes I say stuff, I'm like Phil Jackson. I like to play psychological games, so then now he'll be even more receptive to social media after I say stuff like that. He'll want to do it even more. He'll even start soliciting me. Hey, I have a question. Are the Hornets uh, playing tonight? Are we going to talk about them? <laughs> no, all right, so let's, let's get right to it. Ashley, what is the mood of this team uh, with the return of LaMelo Ball? How excited are these guys? Oh, spirits are high. I do have to compliment this team on just their attitude over the last couple weeks. 
Um, I know it's been tough once again, just injury ridden. And, you know, we've seen this before. Last year was pretty tough. But I just have to say the attitudes of all the guys and just the excitement to still, you know, play together and stay together and, you know, just have good um, good vibes, I guess you could say, coming into it. Because it can be tough, especially when you've you know, lost a couple games and you've lost a couple in a row. It can definitely – guys can turn on each other. And I've seen it in other teams, but that's not – the Hornets for sure. And then LaMelo coming back, you know, we talked to him right after shoot around just a little bit ago. And of course, one of the questions is just how, how much excitement the the players have when he is around. And of course he was around just working out or doing individual things when he was able to get back on the court, but just a different feeling when you know, he is ramping up that return to play. So guys are very much looking forward to it. He brings this sort of joy to even just the mundane task of practice and shoot around and um, having him back is going to be a game changer for sure. And I know fans are excited. We as broadcasters are excited. I was telling the guys, look, it gives us more to talk about when you have guys coming back, when you play really good games, when you win. It just, it, as you know, Wes, it helps for the pregame show the next day yes. when you've got things to talk about. <laughs> so, actually, I'll ask you, too, the question that everybody's going to want to know. Did he have on ankle braces at practice, and do you think he's going to wear them tonight? <laughs> man, oh, man, the saga continues with these guys and those ankle braces. I preach for them daily with everybody. I'm like, why can't everyone just wear some ankle braces? I don't understand. Um, it's, it's a good question. I guess we'll see what happens tonight. I know Brandon wore one um, when he got back from just a little bit when he tweaked his ankle. But for some guys, it's it's a comfort thing. They just don't love how it feels out there. But I don't know what's going to happen. Because shoot around is obviously more just going through the plays and the motion. So we'll see what happens tonight and if he at least tapes up his ankle um, before he steps out on the court. It's the Wes and Walker show. I'm Walker Mail. Wes is less talented co-host talking to his <laughs> favorite Ashley Shamity on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Ashley, we have had a million Terry Rozier appreciation segments this season improving, showing that improving your game is not just a young man's game. You can be 28, you can be 29 years old and do that. I feel like that is something we can all get behind in life. How much have you enjoyed watching Terry Rozier this year? I have said this countless times on the post-game show, pre-game show, all the shows. What would we do without Terry Rozier? It's not even just the fact that he scores, he playmakes for himself, he playmakes for others. I asked him just about being you know, more of the one, the point guard versus playing the two role and how he's kind of had to do both, um, especially over the last couple of seasons here in Charlotte. And he says that during this stretch right now of playing, you know, multiple roles, but facilitating for himself and facilitating for others, he thinks this is the best stretch of his career. So like you mentioned, it, you know, you can be in the league for eight, nine years and still find things to work on. And for Terry, we talk about him every single night. I just, not just what he brings skill-wise, but he has that dog mentality, that competitive spirit. He embodies it 100%. He is more of a lead-by-example type of guy. You're not going to see him shouting a lot in the huddles or, or he's just not as vocal, but guys will follow him just because of the way that he carries himself, the way that he obviously leaves it all out there on the floor. And my favorite part is it's Terry time in the fourth quarter, relying on him so much. He loves the big moments and Never shies away from him, and we can always count him for that. But, man, I just I do not know what we would do without Terry Rozier. So very happy that he's been able to just excel as much as he has. 
Uh, Ashley, Brandon Miller, also the other bright spot this season. How surprised are you that a rookie of his caliber is providing this type of impact in year one? I think it's sometimes glossed over just the fact of when you're a rookie getting thrown into the fire of basically starting every single game, playing starter minutes, playing against veterans, the best in the league. Sometimes that adjustment is hard for guys. And for Brandon, he, you know, I won't say makes it look easy, but kind of sort of does. And I think it's definitely a bright spot for this Hornets team for this season, just knowing what the Hornets were able to get at the number two pick and how much he's been able to um, show what he can do. I just, I've really enjoyed his game. He's such a pleasure to be around. He's, he's funny. He's kind of, his personality's coming out a little bit too. And he loves the game too. I talked about Terry being a competitor, being that, you know, that dog mentality. Brandon has it too. If he isn't a hundred percent, but he knows he can at least run out there. He will go out there. There's been countless times where coaches said, are you, are you good to go? Are you sure? Are you sure? And he's like, yes, yes. We'll tie his shoes tighter. We'll whatever it is. The last couple games, he hasn't been feeling a hundred percent. Coaches mentioned it after games and he's still playing 35, 38 minutes a night. So Brandon, actually, I just looked up the stat as leading the team in minutes played Brandon Miller. So that just goes to show how much we have used him this year, how much we've relied on him. I really think he's been able to step up to the plate. Actually, we know wins have been hard to come by with this Hornets team, but with San Antonio and two of their next four, and then Miami and New Orleans in between, how vital are these games against a team with the, like the Spurs that are so young and just still learning? Tonight's going to be interesting because you obviously every night have to kind of throw records aside. We've seen the Hornets compete with some of the best. They got big wins over Boston um, earlier in the year, but you really do have to throw records aside they're coming off a win as well. It was against Detroit, but you never know what you're going to get. You never know who's going to shine. And I think tonight's going to be interesting. I am very, very excited to see Victor Wimbanyama in person. I can't wait to see what a basketball actually looks like in his hands, like mm-hmm. close up in person <laughs> because he's seven foot four. So it's going to be um, interesting to see what it's like out there and, and how he competes just seeing it live. I mean, you've only seen so many highlights of him, but tonight's going to be important. I think the Hornets, play better on the road um they seem to have that you know let's hunker down mentality and uh we're away from home and and us against the world type of thing and so i think they play better on the road and i think getting a couple wins on this road trip would be key it has been tough wins have been hard to come by and it just it it livens things up so much when you can just get one especially on the road so tonight having the young teams matched up the spurs are the youngest team in the league right now obviously victor he moved from starting off as more of a forward and then moved to center in December and has been absolutely crushing it at that position. I think a lot of people were kind of waiting for that move from him, um, and it's, it's done well for him. So I'm curious to see how our guys kind of match up because he can shoot it from far as well. Um, and I think just being able to start out this road trip with some success would just do great for everyone's mentality and, and moving forward with the season. Hornets Lives host and sideline reporter for the Charlotte Hornets and Valley Sports, Ashley Shamani on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Ashley, I got to ask you before we get you out of here, know you are a big Georgia Bulldogs fan. Are you going to be thrilled not to look over on the other sideline and see Nick Saban in the way of another <laughs> SEC championship? <laughs> I went up to Coach Clifford, our, our head coach, and I said, did you see the news, Nick Saban? Um, is retiring. He's like, why are you smiling so big? <laughs> I was like, look, he ha- has done his due diligence. He has. He is a legend. He's he's a goat. But 
he has just been a thorn in Georgia's side for how long? And I mean, Kirby Smart obviously came from that coaching tree. So you have a lot of thanks to give to Nick Saban for the entire coaching tree that he's um, been able to, to, you know, teach in, in football. And so to say I'm a little bit excited about it, I, I mean, I have to be honest, yes. I think he's obviously, like I said, been a thorn in the side for, for Georgia for quite some time. But I'm happy for him, and hopefully, you know, retirement life suits him. Maybe he'll be on a golf course somewhere in Florida. Who knows? But um, not being not seeing him on the sideline, maybe seeing him in the stands one day, that's going to be different. But I'm a little excited about it. Yeah, thank you, Coach Saban. <laughs> thank you for Kirby Smart. Now get out of here because we got more championships to win. So much. Thank you so much. Goodbye. No <laughs> doubt about it. Ashley, we appreciate the time. And I told Walker, we're going to have to have you in one day for some some fire fizzle, though, so we can get back that old uh, straight fire. Ooh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to do that. But Ashley, we appreciate the time. We're going to be checking out the Hornets taking on the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. So the Charlotte 49ers in San Antonio, as well as the Charlotte Hornets. But we appreciate it. And we'll see you down the road, Ashley. Sounds good. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you. All right. Listen, out of all of Nick Saban's uh, great accomplishments, I think when you can make other fans smile at the fact that you are no longer there anymore so that their team can win. And that's something I read as well. An interesting thing I saw just to get on that topic real quick was that they said that a lot of the coaches, you know, may not have necessarily wanted to take that job because obviously they don't want to be the man following the man. But they always wanted to beat Alabama, and now they see as great a chance as any to be able to bury the tie. All right, so I have a question. Yes. What do you think is harder, mm-hmm. Coach DeBoer taking over for Nick Saban mm-hmm. or Coach Mayo taking over for Bill Belichick? Oh, I love that. Um, now, I'm, I'm – ooh, that's tough. No, but because the Patriots have been down the last couple of seasons, I'm going to go with DeBoer because Alabama is sitting with a – ready-made championship team. A lot of people are going to expect them to be right back in the thick of things, right in the national championship game. And if they're not able to do that, no matter what the circumstances are, people are going to blame him and say, if we had Coach Saban, we'd be there. (laughs) That's your other Alabama accent. Joe Person. Yeah. Yeah, cover your ears. What you got, Fitty? I would say Coach Mayo, just because, like, Alabama's won without Nick Saban. Like, you had Bear Bryant. you, You won a championship in between the Bear and Saban. What is New England football outside of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? Like, I, I know Parcells took them to a Super Bowl. I know they went to the Super Bowl in 85 and got beat by four touchdowns. Like, outside of Bill Belichick, it's not a historically winning organization. It's not a winning franchise. Um, like, he, he made people in Boston care about football. Like, because before then, it was a baseball, basketball, hockey town. Then it became a football town. So I think Mayo's going to have... His work cut out for him, but uh, everyone thinks he's going to be a great head coach. It'll be interesting to see what kind of job he does. All right, so continuing, uh, going back to the Hornets, if I may, I was going to say tonight, man, this is our first chance to see Miller and Wemby up against each other, the top two picks from the previous draft. Wemby coming off a, I guess you could say a light triple-double, though, because it was 16 points. He shot 16 or 6 of 16 with 12 boards and 10 assists. What are you expecting tonight from that matchup? Well, it, they won't be guarding each other, clearly, but I think Wemby is... Hold on. Before you say that, Okay, I may go on the contrary with that because if you saw how, and I know you did see how Wemby and Giannis were going against each other, Wemby looks like he's with the smoke, and I think he's oh, going to yeah. want to send some messages to Brandon Miller that he's that guy. Well, I guess just positionally, I, I don't <laughs> know. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's because Wemby or Brandon Miller are backing down. And I think so. That's what's fun about this matchup. Both of those guys, I think have the right mentality. 
both of those guys are really competitive and they show up when it matters most. We've seen that with Brandon Miller having amnesia, sports amnesia. You forget about what happens in the first half, first three quarters. Even when we've seen Brandon Miller's shooting woes pop up, which haven't been very often this season, he comes with a strong fourth quarter. Wimby, national television, you might be playing against the Lakers. He shows up against an Anthony Davis. Now, some of the other games where he's gone crazy, there hasn't been another starting center. We talked about this with Sam Farber on the Hivecast. But Wimby's the real deal. And the team constructed around him is not very good. No. They don't have a point guard. I love Devin Vassell. I think he's played well. But other than that, there's not many players on that roster accentuating what Wimby does well. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But I think it's going to be a fun matchup between those two. And Brandon Miller... Being a little overshadowed with Lamelo's return, to be and honest I think, with you. Yeah, but I think Brandon Miller's with the smoke, too. And no, I think no, he's he going to look for some of his opportunities to be able to, on a switch, get Wemby over there and show him uh, that he's that guy, too, man. So it should be a lot of fun because I know when I saw that Wemby-Giannis matchup, that was old school, man. Just two dogs in a cage just barking at each other. And that's what I want to see tonight. I want to see Miller and uh, Wemby just barking at each other. Oh, oh Fiddy, I thought you was going to come in with <laughs> There we go. That's what we want to see. Whoever does that bark is winning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. No doubt about it. So, do the Hornets win tonight, Walker, you think? Uh, Yeah. Give me the win. There's not too many many teams that the Hornets could be the favorite against. You have LaMelo Ball back. Maybe there is this adrenaline level. Like, what happens is a lot of people expect guys to be rusty coming back, and that might be very well true for Mm -hmm. LaMelo. But sometimes they ride the adrenaline, and then it hits them over the next five games, and then they start to get back into a rhythm. But maybe LaMelo can ride the adrenaline. We'll see about his ankle, how well that holds up. I also want to see if he's on a minutes restriction. Steve Clifford talked to you about how he's been playing Brandon Miller too much, but he has no other choice. Brandon Miller's been sick, but you can't go anywhere else because they don't have any depth with all of the injuries. He played Cody Martin too much. Cody Martin had to go back to the bench, and he's questionable heading into tonight. I don't know if we have a late report on him, but we'll see. I wonder about the minutes restriction, but I do think the Charlotte Hornets can get the win because it's not like the Spurs are a great basketball team. This is as good a shot as any that they'll have for a victory. Big game for Melo tonight in his return, or you think he's a little rusty? Well, that's what I was saying. Like, maybe the adrenaline. So I'll go with the adrenaline. I say he rides the adrenaline out, and he hits a, a few three-pointers and uh, um, comes back strong. Then we'll see how he responds once he you know tries to get his feet back. I think due to the opponent, I think Melo is going to have a big game tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm not sure he'll be completely in rhythm, but I think he's going to find it within the game. Remember, we were waiting on him early in the season to find that rhythm, and then when he did, boy, he was lighting it up. So I think that he will come back tonight and have a nice game. Fiddy, what do you think? Or do you even care because it's NBA basketball? You think? Are you asking me do I think the Hornets win tonight? Yeah, big game for Melo. No, hell no. Oh. Hornets lose by 30. Okay. okay. Dang, to the Spurs. All right, well. Let's, let's bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> More gambling talk, and we'll see what Fitty's thinking again uh, about this Hornets game, NBA basketball, and every other thought uh, in that mind of his. When we close this thing down, when we return, this is the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's Wesson Walker Sports Radio wrapping up here, 92.7 FM. Excited. Just uh, got Roger Sherman. Road Rog, he's the man that was a part of the ringer who traveled all across the country going to over 60 college football games this season. Decided, you know what? I'm just going to travel all across the board, make sure I can catch as many college football games as possible. Ended up going to the college football playoff and the championship, I believe. He was here for the Mayo Bowl. So, Roger Sherman going to be joining us Tuesday at 1.20. Lauren Brownlow also going to be hopping on Tuesday to talk ACC basketball. How great would that be? Yeah. Just a road trip all across the board, man. Getting to go to whatever game you wanted to, that would be fantastic. Which which sport would you least like to road or most like to road trip? Like, I guess, Wes, for you, would definitely be college football? Because mm. I, yeah, I, oh, I say so. I say so. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to think, man, between that and NFL. That was you got him to want us. Yeah, I had to I had to think about that for a minute. Uh, yeah, it would be college football. I think even for me, where I would tell you, if I were to rank my favorite sports to watch, it would be the NFL, college basketball, NBA, college football. Right under that, it, it'd still be last, but it's not like there's a huge gap. I think college football is number one here. It'd have to be football because we've talked about this, right? As much as I love basketball, it's my favorite sport growing up and playing it, it, you know, being a part of my family's DNA, right? Mm -hmm. Even so, I know football is a culture. It's not a sport here in America. Like when you get to tailgate, when that's a whole weekend experience, when you like you have to plan your whole day around a football game. And I think going to a bunch of different campuses, getting to tailgate with a bunch of different fan bases. Roger Sherman has it right. And That's the pageantry, the to do it. too, all the stuff you get to see, the traditions and all that, man. It's so much stuff. I mean, Michigan hitting the banner, Ohio State dotting yep. the eye, USC sticking the sword in the ground, Chief Osceola. You could go on and on. Osceola, excuse me. I know Florida State told me they don't call him Chief anymore. It's just Osceola. But seeing all those great traditions would be dope. Yeah, that that would be the one for me. Would it be for you, too, Fitty? Or would you go college basketball and see some of the Meccas there? I think for me, with my love of baseball getting to where it is. That's Cool. And you hear a lot of people like you, like you, families do this. I think I, that's the one because you know different ballparks. You get all the pastime and all the different foods. Like every ballpark that has like a you know a signature item. Like Kansas City, they have the uh, the barbecue sandwich with uh, Reese's cups in it. Like, are mm-hmm. you are you kidding me? Yeah, oh. yeah. The, the, the oh yeah, the deep... I never heard of that. Yeah, oh, you talk about all the stuff that's disgusting. I'm not saying it's disgusting or deplorable, but that's quite a combination—a barbecue sandwich with Reese's in it. My as man... long as it's not dry like Willie's, it's it's probably heavenly. My man said, "Gross to breakfast pizza, right?" But give me a barbecue sandwich with some, with Reese's, some Reese's cups <laughs> in it, and that hits home. But I'm with you. I would love to try that as well. Like all of the options that include deep fried foot long hot dogs with fruity pebbles and chocolate syrup up and marshmallows yeah man all of the food i think I baseball do. does the best job of caring about their foods from minor league to major league they always have like you said some type of signature item that's associated with that ballpark 
How much weight would we like if we did it as a show? How much weight would we all three put on if we did a season long road trip? Yeah, it, it'd be, it'd be kinda, we'd all come back diabetic. It's hard to be healthy if you if you yeah. talk about and, and, <laughs> and so that's what I can't wait to talk to him about just the problems with traveling throughout what four months. He probably played it stay in bad hotels. Yeah. He might, no, 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 no. If he's traveling like that, he got some screw. No, but no. I go go follow him. Go, Roger Sherman. Okay, is, so he did on it Twitter. On yeah, I mean, he's just. I, I he's not David Tepper out here, right? I know you're not saying that. Yeah, he's not. You know, a doctor that decided to take a yeah, sabbatical. Yeah, I'm thinking if you're doing something like that, <laughs> you got enough Skrilla to be able to take some time off and not. We, we can. We'll be able to not ask be him. hurting from missing work. The vibe that I get is that he used to work for the Ringer. Yeah, took the year off. I don't know if he's going to go back, whatever, right? But opened up a Patreon account to make sure people can pay him if they want to. But seems like he saved up, rented a Kia Soul. He did put that out there. Rented a Kia Soul for this college road trip that he's taken all across the country, and just decided to go to as many games as he could. Well, that, that that does play a big part. Like you got to rent the right vehicle so you're not just wasting money on gas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had so many questions. Fuel efficiency. How, how many? Focus. How many non-football questions are we going to ask him? Thirty. Yeah. yeah. Now, Rest I, of this show. I'm glad that we got him on at 120, the longest segment that we usually roll with, because there are plenty of questions immediately off the rip. Uh, yeah. I want to know about. Wes, the bagel guy asked, "Would you and I eat the fried crickets in Seattle? That's You've been what to I thought Seattle too. for a baseball game." They have fried crickets. I don't remember seeing that. No, and I, I remember did this. Get something from it, but uh, I'll try anything one time. I remember oh, this. No. I would eat them. What? Yeah, I'd try yeah. anything one time. I would try. It's good protein. I would try. I think for me in my <laughs> head, it doesn't feel like the fried crickets would have the weird texture problem. Like I, mm. if I don't like food, a lot of the times it's texture. I just yeah. can't get down with it. But fried crickets, I could eat a fried. So cricket. you would eat it even no, even knowing it's like this. Not being told this is like a fried mushroom or whatever. Like they're telling you this is a fried cricket. Eat it. You would just eat it. I mean. As I yes. said, I'll try any food once. I feel like you got to have some like ranch or hot sauce to put it in, just to give it some sort of. Except chitlins. <laughs> so you yeah. eat a fried so cricket, but you won't eat chitlins. Yeah, Do you know chitlins what that smell is? So the pig bad. intestines. They smell yeah. so bad. Yeah, I would rather. And eat, they don't look good. Yeah, I'd rather eat a, a fried cricket. Yeah, but I mean, at least you're eating something out of a smart animal. I mean, are crickets smart? I know they play lovely music though. Pigs wallowing. Dung, so I don't know if I'll consider <laughs> yeah. them I mean, they're, brainiacs. They're, they're smart, but they're also pretty dirty. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Wow. <laughs> Time now for the week that was on Wes and Walker. A Penn State Don said they taste like sunflower seeds. Oh, right. wow. I like okay. sunflower seeds. And then Captain Dave said they have fried worms in Mexico. Yeah, wow. you eating yeah. a fried worm, Walt? It'd be like fried spaghetti. I've eaten the worm in the tequila bottle. Mm. I think. All right, so just <laughs> just to <laughs> highlight <remember> <laughs> uh, from this week, Walker missed Tuesday. Whenever Walker's not here, the professionalism is at an all-time high. And speaking of which, <laughs> we uh, we got into a weird show debate Wednesday at the end of the show regarding Michael Jordan's retirement, and in Walker's head, it was load management and. Wes can stop making betting jokes. But he brought up Michael Jordan and his six-title... You said six-year title run, which is not true. It was actually an eight-year six-title run because he took that break in the middle. And his biggest argument, the the only point that he keeps making, Wes... Mm -hmm. Now, 
it's with a redder face, it's with more anger, it's with louder volume, but he doesn't bring anything else under the table other than louder volume saying, he retired! That's right. not load management! Like, that wasn't <laughs> a break in order to help him win championships. It wasn't. So you think he retired to win more championships? You think he quit playing basketball to go play baseball, add 45 pounds to his body to become a better basketball oh, player? Oh, we know why he retired. <laughs> You've been talking to Mr. Conspiracy over here. We know why he retired. I mean, you know. Uh, we know why. I'm just saying. Hey, Michael Jordan, yeah. You keep asking, like saying he put That's on 45. That's not load management, man. When you look at this, okay, you look at his six NBA championship seasons. I believe he missed a, a combined six games. If you look at the history of his career, outside of when he broke his foot, did the guy just take nights off like LeBron, Kyrie, Luka, uh, Kawhi. That's correct. He did not. Like no, and so that's all I was saying he just, was that he just missed you know, two the years guy because that, he retired because he was playing a different freaking sport. Do you think that uh, uh, exactly? Yeah, like so. It's was, not load management. Do you think MJ would have had to uh, would have gotten a chub of prize picks was around in his day? <laughs> that's a really sensitive topic. <laughs> All right, it's been like forty eight hours since we had that debate, Walker. Please tell me you were just doing that to push my buttons like you don't actively believe his retirement was load management i realized that i sounded really sick this week mm -hmm. hearing that voice back i sounded pretty damn nasally yeah yeah i was making a good take but i was just doing it in a nasal voice yeah. what else you got fitty last one oh, i love that turning fitty stuff against him. Mm. <laughs> all right so yesterday walker you were talking about your legendary senior night at high school and you asked me if any of my church basketball uh, career was covered, and I talked about it and made a poop joke. Fiddy, has Langston hit you up about doing an all-time church league list? <laughs> um, unfortunately, that answer is no, and it's quite unfortunate, man, because I've got stories like LeBron James type of stories of the wars I endured in college basketball. Or in church league basketball. When you were playing against that Circle K cashier, one night in church league. Look, no. man. <laughs> the cashier was business. Let me tell you. <laughs> there was a game where I had a, a fractured finger. Had to battle through that, of course, the torn ACL game. Yeah. No, just a lot of injury battles that you overcame. You know, um, there was a game I, I had the bubble guts and played through it. Like, mm. it was... <laughs> it was always an adventure playing church league basketball in historic Lancaster, South Carolina. I'm not surprised about that. You hit shots and had to squeeze your cheeks. I'll <laughs> <laughs> let y'all get out of this one. <laughs> right. That's how we'll end this week. That shot and you're like, ooh. Mm. <laughs> ooh. Yeah, I can't see it in the studio what I'm doing, but uh, yeah. I'm squeezing my keister. Yeah, no. we got you. All the, right. Dude, the best was playing baseball when you had to go. And making sure that, you know, when you swung. Oh, God. <laughs> See, that was the best one. Right. Oh, man. I could just imagine how that would look. We're going to end the show this week on bubble guts. <laughs> Yoo-hoo everywhere. And keister squeezing. And you comparisons. That All is right. the Western Walker show, baby. We're yeah. going to bring you the knowledge and the education, but we also going to bring you the dumb ish. All right. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. See you Monday, people. <laughs> All right. We'll hand off the baton to the Kyle Bailey show alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. 
Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.